In the following live session recording, Ted Candler, State Missionary, Baptist Mobile Health Ministry of Georgia Baptist Mission Board, discusses the Baptist Mobile Health Ministry, a way to meet the physical and spiritual needs of others. This session will review touching lives through meeting physical and spiritual needs through the church or association by utilizing a dental ministry project with the Baptist Mobile Health Ministry. Let's join Ted now. Time to start. So we're going to just start, and I'll just, you know, we'll keep this very low okay. <laughs> key, you know, yeah. uh, be, you know, good. Uh, one of the things I do is I ask my staff every time to uh, send me God stories uh, of special things that happen. Mm -hmm. And uh, let me just, I'm just going to read from a couple of the things they sent me because these are neat. Okay. Uh, this is actually one that went into my secretary at the main office. She said she received a call from a lady uh, who was ministered to at the Lafayette Project. She said she had just had to call to express thanks over the excellent care she received. She was disabled and many who received the care were disabled. She said everyone was professional and cheerful and none made comments about how anyone was dressed or what condition they were in. She said the staff was so compassionate and blessed her heart. Uh, anyway, you know, and we hear stories like that all the time. In fact, this is our new video. Oh, great. Uh, okay. And there's actually two videos on there. The second one, uh, I'll steal her thunder a little bit from you, uh, the lady who's on there, had brought her dad to the project and uh, he was disabled uh, in a wheelchair. We, we have a chairlift mm -hmm. on the units that we had, but we had to get it out and get him on the unit that way. And he was just so pleased that uh, people, you know, didn't treat him any different than anybody else. You know, they just treated him like a normal person. Mm -hmm. And she said it just touched his heart. Well, one of our ladies who worked on the unit noticed that he was some some problems with him and told his daughter, you need to get him to the doctor. Twelve weeks later, he died. Mm. I mean, you know, but she said he was just so thrilled that he got the dental care he needed mm -hmm. and they treated him so nice. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and that's one of the things we try to do. Another story I got was from this one of our workers who said my God moment at Clarksville had more to do with a dentist than a patient. Uh, Dr. Weldon was the screening dentist on this trip. One patient came in that then had the need for several extractions. We generally only do um, divide your mouth into four quadrants mm -hmm. and so generally we say we're only going to treat one quadrant. So if you're having problems multiple places let us know which one's bothering you the most and that's the one we're going to try to deal with. Because, yeah. you know, we, we generally can't do everything yeah. and, you know, uh, our time is somewhat limited and we're trying to treat as many people mm -hmm. as possible. But Dr. Weldon saw this lady and she had two major problems in different quadrants and he told her, he says, well, we'll take care of it and he gave her his office number and said, you call and come to the office and we'll take care of the other problem at no charge. Wow. And we hear that, I'd say almost every project, almost every project that I've ever been on, I've heard that at least once from a dentist mm -hmm. telling a patient, you've got more than we can handle here 
you come to the office and we'll take care of it. Wow. I mean, you know, so you, you hear that all the time. Uh, there's a ministry called There's Hope for the Hungry that partner with us. And if y'all did a project in your area, they could come there. They basically just do North Georgia. Mm -hmm. But they provide about a 25-pound box of food for every family that's coming through the project at that time. Oh. And when they do that, they sit down with each person and present the gospel. Wow. On this particular project he's writing me about, it was the First Baptist Church Winder, he said they had 44 patients that went through and 18 prayed to receive Christ. Wow. Uh, wow. Somebody was asking me a while ago, well, you know, what is the spiritual value of this ministry? And I said, that's easy. We, we want to make sure the gospel is presented to everybody who comes through. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, we encourage the church that's sponsoring the project to do it. Our staff is encouraged to do it. You know, and if you use like There's Hope for the Hungry, they do a great job of doing it. Uh, so there are, you know, we, we want that to happen. Uh, I had a last year at Go Georgia. I don't know if you've ever been to Go Georgia, mm -hmm. but I was at the one last year. And it was like a week after one of our projects up in Fayetteville. And a lady from the church, she said, you're with the dental ministry. And I said, yes. She said, I want to tell you what happened Sunday. She said, they had, well, let me back up. They had focused on two mobile home parks okay. that they were trying to reach, which were largely Hispanic. Mm -hmm. and that was their goal, was to permeate those two mobile home parks and get them to come for treatment. <clears throat> well, one, they had 14 professions of faith during the project. Wow. Two, on Sunday morning, two of the families, mother and dad and children, mm -hmm. came to church on Sunday morning. Mm. Had never been to their church before. Wow. And she she was really excited, though. She said on Sunday night, one of those families came back. Mm. You know, and if your church is like most churches on Sunday night, hardly anybody right. comes back if they come back at all. But she was really excited, and that's the kind of thing we see. I, I, one of my staff members uh, said we had a lady come who was obviously in pain, but she didn't have an appointment, and our schedule was full. But while she was there, we went ahead and screened her. Mm -hmm. And we do that a lot of times because, you know, you always have folks who don't show up or somebody who you treat a lot quicker than you thought you would. But anyway, we went ahead and screened her. And the next two patients who were supposed to show up didn't show up. So we got her in. And uh, the dentist shared the gospel with her, and she accepted Christ. Wow. And uh, my lady who wrote that or was telling me about it said, you know, according to our schedule, we didn't have time for this lady. But on God's timetable, there was time for her. And, you know, and that happens more than, than you would think it would. Uh, we're just amazed at uh, how that does happen and comes about. Um, you know, and I can go on with more of those. But... Every time, and I, that's why I'm trying to get my staff to, to look for them, because we have these God moments at every, every project. There's something special that happens. Uh, somebody asked me one day, well, do the dentists have to be Christians? That was on my, that's what I was making okay. notes. I said, <laughs> you know, we would prefer them to be Christian, mm -hmm. but we've actually had a dentist accept Christ on one of the projects. 
So I'm not going to say they have to be Christians. You know, I want everybody who comes on board the unit, I want them to be able to have faith and be able to share their faith. Mm -hmm. But who knows when that dentist needs the gospel or the dental assistant who comes with a dentist needs the gospel, mm -hmm. you know, as much as the patients we're treating. So, you know, I, now I don't think they have to be Christians. You know, uh, that's the ones we target most, obviously, right. to do it. Uh, but, you know, that's not a requirement uh, because who knows what God's going to use to turn somebody's life around. Uh, you know, that's not... I, I don't feel like that's our call mm -hmm. to rule out, and uh, you know, but that's uh, but that has happened, and you know, we're excited when it does happen. Um, this ministry, um, just to give you an idea, has been around since 1995. Okay. Uh, it came about primarily through a church in Warner Robins, Georgia, Central Baptist Church in Warner Robins. Uh, there was a lady that migrated there from Cuba. So she's Cuban, uh, very well educated. I think she was a nurse. Don't, don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure she was a nurse. And she saw a need to help the migrant workers that were in that area. And so she began uh, trying to do dental clinics and medical clinic for, for those workers. Uh, some of our state missionaries who were involved with language missions got involved. And before long, they pushed for it to become a statewide ministry. And so they approached uh, the executive director of the state convention about it. Anyway, make a long story short, it was approved and it became an official part of, of the state convention. And uh, the ministry, if you'll notice, when you looked at this thing, it, we were under intercultural church planning. Mm -hmm which seems like an odd place, but that's because originally it started in that department with the language missionaries. They're the ones who were pushing forward, and so that's why we've been in that department all along. In the new changes at the mission board, we will not be there anymore, but that department won't exist anymore because okay. uh, so, they're just revamping all of that mm -hmm. and the change at the mission board. So we'll be, uh, in a, we'll be under missions. <laughs> okay. uh, there's a mission section and that's where we're going to fall. But So it began back then. Uh, initially they bought a, uh, a truck, a pickup truck and a uh, camper type uh, body that pulled, the truck pulled and they had two, uh, one uh, medical part in the very back of it and one dental chair. And then in 2007 we bought our first new brand new unit and it's a motor motor home type and has three dental chairs in it and both of our units have three dental chairs in them uh, with everything you need to do uh, pulling of teeth or filling of teeth and uh, also uh, all of, some of our projects do hygiene they'll you know they'll have a hygienist come on and just clean teeth so we have everything that that hygienist needs to do that so in other words a dentist or a hygienist coming on board doesn't have to bring anything with them. You know, we've got everything there they need. All the instruments we have the ability to uh, clean them, to you know, get them sterilized and everything. Enclave? Is that we have an enclave. Yeah, we do. My best friend, I, I, she works for a periodontist. Okay. And she was, she came with me last year to go to Georgia, and she was all over this. But she's had a lot of um, other. Um, 
she took over our middle school. She assists me on the bus ministry. So I mean, like, she was like, oh, I really, I really, I really love that. I think we should, you know. But she's like, I can't right now. And so it's, <laughs> yeah. but um, so yeah, so, yeah. She, I hear some of her so, stories so, about so, those. So yeah, we have, but we have all of that on okay. board. The X-ray equipment on board, all of that's there to to be able to do it. Um, so we have two two units. One's 2007 model. The other one's a 2012 model. Uh, we're I've been talking to folks lately that we need to start raising money to buy a third unit that would be a replacement unit more than them. And okay. uh, somebody said, well, what are you going to do with the old units? I said, well, what I would really like to do would be to keep all three units, try to keep two of them on, on the road all the time, and then have a unit for backup. Because a couple of weeks ago, one of our units broke down, and I had to cut a project short because I had to use the one unit for both projects. And so if I had access to a, I have a brand new unit, then I could take one of the units and just let it go out once a month or once every two months and just, you know, keep it operational, mm -hmm. but would have a backup in case we needed to, in case we did break down. Because, you know, you, you hate to be in the middle of a project and have the unit go down and all of a sudden you're having to, because we have had that happen actually at a project where we've had a mechanical problem and, um, we had patients in all three chairs. They were all been dead, you know, ready to do the procedure. And our uh, one of our pieces of equipment went out, which meant that they couldn't do anything. Oh goodness! And had to let them go home and reschedule them for the next day, and mm. of course go through the process of deadening them again. You know, mm. so I mean that kind of thing does happen. You right. you can't control it. But if I had a third unit, then that would mean I could. You know, keep two units going hopefully all the time, and one for a backup if we needed to have a backup or okay. you know had an emergency. So I mean, you know, to me in an ideal situation, that's what we would try to do. But, okay. you know, uh, right now, I I've just got a list from <clears throat> the dental supply place <coughs> of a lot of equipment that we need to replace on our units. Uh, it comes to sixty thousand dollars. So I'm, I'm talking to uh, the Georgia Baptist Healthcare Foundation about giving us a grant this coming year to, to buy all of that. Mm -hmm. And part of it would be to, the, what the most expensive item on there is a new x-ray equipment for our older unit, because we still use the old-fashioned x-ray on there where we take the x-ray and have to develop it, and it just takes a long time, wow. whereas the newer x-rays are digital mm -hmm. and you can almost see it instantaneously. Wow. Um, so we're, we're hoping to be able to go to that. But anyway, all of that to give you a kind of a background of where we've come from. When we, a typical project is Thursday, we do screening, uh, and then Friday and Saturday we treat patients. That's a, that's a typical project. And for first time projects, that's what I encourage them to do. I say, if you want to expand and do uh, a longer thing, that's fine, but let's get one year behind you and then you decide you want to do that. If you want to add some medical screening, let's still get one year of dental behind you and then you decide you want to add stuff to it. Uh, you know, let's, let's stay with the basics this first year and then if you want to expand, uh, we'll help you do that. But uh, that's kind of the basics. So the cost to the church or the association for that kind of project is $150 a day, so $450. If we're seeing patients, it's $150, so screening is seeing patients. 
And so if you did those three days, that'd be $450. Plus you're responsible for housing for uh, those three pay, those three staff members who are there. And by housing, most places do hotel rooms. We just ask you to do a hotel room for each one of them okay. and a bathroom. If, if you want to put them up in homes, that's fine. But again, we ask that they each have their own bedroom and their own bathroom. Yeah. Now, I do have some couples, uh, husband and wife, so obviously if they're there, then they could be in the same room, mm -hmm. you know. But, uh, but generally, we, we try to do that. Uh, so that's, and then you're responsible for their meals while they're on site. And, uh, but that's not really a problem because most projects, they'll serve breakfast because at your project, you're going to have 20 volunteers or so from your church there, plus our three staff members, plus the three dentists, if you're using all three chairs, and their dental assistants. And so most churches provide breakfast for everybody when they get there and then provide lunch. We don't encourage you to feed the patients because one, they don't need to be eating right before they go get dental care. So we, if possible, to do eating in a little bit different area than where they're waiting. Uh, but you know, generally most churches end up doing breakfast and lunch for everybody. And then <coughs> supper, uh, sometimes the project director will take our three people out to supper or just tell them to go wherever they want to go to supper and bring you a receipt for it and just reimburse them. But, you know, uh, but that's that's what you know the expenses are for you uh, so it's you know I would say you know you're probably gonna figure on a thousand dollars for a project between okay. the, the fee you pay us plus their hotel rooms and meals so roughly I'd say a thousand fifteen hundred dollars at most you know because you're only talking about two nights hotel mm -hmm. Thursday night and Friday night because they're gonna go home Saturday after the project's over most projects conclude at 2 or 3 o'clock on Friday, I mean on Saturday. Uh, have a few that want to go longer, but uh, a lot of times your dentists are wanting to get home too, so they don't generally want to work all day Saturday either, so uh, that, that's what most do. Okay, does that sort of make sense at that point? Uh, we, uh, volunteer-wise, uh, you need when we come in on Thursday, we would like to meet with all of your volunteers, if at all possible, to train them and help them know what they need to do. So you need uh, a group of probably three people who are going to take the applications for each person when they come in. They have to fill out a medical form, uh, you know, get find out what medicines they're taking and so forth. So you've got about three people doing that. If you use the Georgia Healthcare Volunteer Program, which we would encourage you to do, and by the way, let me give you, if you'll go to the Georgia Baptist Convention website, you can download this manual, this professional volunteer packet, and the project director packet. Uh, so all of that material is available there. It's more than you want to possibly read. Uh, but it's every form you need to fill out. Uh, you know, and gives you all of that information. But we have that form that needs to be done. If you use the Georgia Healthcare Volunteer Act, that safeguards the dentist because it means that the state of Georgia provides their insurance for them 
while they're on the project. It safeguards the church because if somebody got hurt and wanted to sue the church, then they're suing the state of Georgia. It safeguards our ministry because if someone wants to sue us, they're suing the state of Georgia. That insurance through the state doesn't cost you a penny. It's free. All only thing it requires is that you have to ask them to do it, and each dentist has to submit paperwork to them. But the dentist has to submit paperwork to us too, so that's not a problem. And uh, they come and actually uh, do a application for each patient, so that takes a little bit longer to do that, but that's not a big deal. Uh, but they'll train the folks to take that application and they're checking to see that everybody who's treated is within 200% of the poverty level. So that's the only time income comes into it. We don't ask income. All we ask is, is do you need the service? You know, do you not, you don't have dental insurance? That's all we ask. But now if you go through that program, which we encourage you to do, then they're going to ask for income. They don't make them prove it. They just ask them what the household income is. And uh, if it's within 200% of the poverty level, they can be treated. Now, that does not mean that a person who's over that cannot be treated. It just means the dentist has to agree that he's working under his own indemnity insurance and not the state. Okay. And so that's the only difference. Had 80 people went through a project up in Forsyth, Georgia, not Forsyth County, but Forsyth, mm -hmm. Georgia, and uh, one person out of that group did not qualify for the state insurance. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's it's a very, I mean, 200% of poverty level is, is easily going to cover most people you're going to deal with. That's mm -hmm. not, a, not an issue. Um, so we encourage you that. So you need a table with volunteers for that, table for our application. Then you need a table uh, and probably two or three nurses there who can take blood pressures and temperature. When I say nurses, it can be uh, PAs, it can be uh, EMTs, you know, uh, as long as they're trained to do that and, you know, have their licenses to do it. Okay. Uh, some places, uh, probably in coming, you probably have a nursing program at the technical school. Mm -hmm and they love to come do it. It's okay. good for the technical school to get that kind of practice. Their supervisor from the technical school has to come with them, but you know, those nursing students can do it. Uh, that's a good way to, you know, involve the community also. So, you know, I mean, there are a lot of different ways you can get that, but we just, we have to have that on each person. Okay. Uh, and they have to be, get their blood pressure taken on the night we're doing screening, you're seeing three people every 15 minutes. So on that night, you probably need three people there doing blood pressures because you know you're going, you're wrapping them through very quickly. Mm -hmm. The next days, you have to do blood pressure again, but you're only doing three people every 45 minutes. So one nurse can handle it on Friday and Saturday, uh, but on Thursday night, you need multiple people there. Uh, and then on Thursday night, you also need another table where when they come off the unit after having been screened, they bring a piece of paper back in to the person who does the appointments and actually puts down what time their appointment is 
and writes them in there and hands them a piece of paper that tells them what time their appointment is. Okay. So you can begin to see that the numbers of volunteers mm -hmm. is growing. We also encourage you to have somebody there, two or three people, who can just take people to and from the unit. Uh, I mean, we're going to be parked right there, but uh, sometimes some folks need assistance in, in walking or getting up the steps, you know, so we encourage you to have some what we call just gophers who can okay. help transport people back and forth. Uh, when we're actually doing <clears throat> treatment, uh, you'll have some folks who may be a little wobbly after having a tooth pulled or, you know, mm -hmm. something, so it's good to have an escort who can bring them back inside uh, and do what needs to be done there. Uh, so, can I ask you anytime. Okay, so um, if we had, say, I'm, I mean, right off the top of my head, I'm thinking of two different places, my own church, where we've got a life center. I mean, do you prefer these tables and things? I mean, be inside for temperature-wise? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm just making inside. sure, because you don't it's, want people flaking out. It's, be, it's <laughs> better if it's inside, because okay. then that protects you from the elements. Right. Uh, if it's hot, if it's cold, if it's raining. Okay. You know. And so they just go in and out. Just go in and out okay. from the building. Right. Most places, I would say, do it in a large room, like a fellowship hall. Okay. Or a family life center gym. Uh, I've got... I've had some projects to say, well, we're actually going to put the nurses in this room, the applications in this room, and there's, their thinking is for more privacy. But, mm -hmm. you know, if you spread the tables out far enough in a big room, you can't overhear anything anyway. You know, you got that many people talking and mm -hmm. doing stuff. It's not a, an issue. We do have to be aware of, of uh, HIPAA. We have to protect people's mm -hmm. information. But, uh, you know, you're, you spread out the tables far enough where that's not a problem. Okay, because we host two um, we host two blood drives a year in our life center, yep. and it works out pretty well. But that sometimes they'll put up like partitions or whatever, especially yep. in those little screen, and you know where you answer all the questions and right. all that stuff. Yep. But it usually works out fine. They, if they don't have a problem, I'm thinking they're probably yeah. Yeah. okay. We all it's, okay. it's not a problem. Um, you know, it's just uh, you know if you're going to feed. Uh, the volunteers and our staff, there might need to be a petition up okay. if you're using that room uh, because you don't really don't want to be eating in front of patients. Right, right. You know, okay. uh, and so some some that. put up a petition, some go to a little side room for eating, you know, whatever, okay. however you want to do it. Now, we do encourage you to have uh, drinks, you know, water or whatever there for the clients, if at all possible, because that's, you know, they may need the drink. Uh, Okay, so that gives you an idea of, of all the different groups you need. So you can begin to see the number of volunteers mm -hmm. starts going up. You don't need as many on Friday and Saturday, but you still do need, you know, somebody basically at all those tables because <clears throat> inevitably you're going to have somebody walk up who has not been through the screening, has not, didn't know anything about it, but Joe Smith told him, well, I had a tooth pull mm -hmm. and... Uh, you, you need help, you need to go over there. And a lot of times we can't see them because we're booked so solid, we can't do it. But as I said a while ago, you know, you all the time have people who don't show up. So we encourage you to keep a list of folks um, who you could not give an appointment to so that you can call them and tell them, you know, hey, can you come on? We've got room for you. Okay. We've had openings. You'll always have somebody walk up 
and if they're in pain, we want to try to do something if at all possible. And um, so you still need to go through all that paperwork again and all of that. And uh, our staff will generally uh, try to work that person in to go ahead and get them screened uh, and then say, okay, uh, can you come back in an hour and a half, two hours, or do you want to just sit here and wait till we can work you in? Mm -hmm. And uh, generally when we do a, a project list, I don't think I have one with me, but uh, on a schedule, uh, we'll do, if we're doing dentistry, uh, if that's all we're doing, every 45 minutes, we'll schedule uh, a patient for a dentist. If you have three dentists, that means three people are coming in every 45 minutes. And we'll, we'll put in one or two people as standbys uh, on a day, because inevitably, one, you don't have people who don't show up, one, you'll have somebody come in and their blood pressure will be so high we can't treat them. Or uh, the dentist will get in there and uh, the tooth will come right out and it won't take the dentist 10 minutes to get it done. Uh, you know, you just, there's so many different factors in there that we like to keep a, somebody on standby so that one, the dentist isn't just sitting there waiting on the next patient to come. Uh, if the dentist, if the patient's appointment's at one o'clock, we ask them to be there at 12.30. That way we can go ahead and get them their new blood pressure, okay. make sure they're there. And, uh, you know, as the project director or somebody on your staff, we, we always say, well, if they're not there 30 minutes before, you might want to start calling to make sure they're coming. Uh, you'll be amazed at how many folks say, oh, I forgot about it. <laughs> But and it may be that little fear too. Yeah, and sometimes about, it's know, that sometimes. fear. Yeah, I but mean, we yeah. even with the blood drive us some, we have people, and we so we've got to where now we'll just start calling. Yeah, about the night before. Hey, remember us? You're yeah. coming tomorrow yeah. at two o'clock or whatever. So, <laughs> okay, uh, so going back to to setting up the screening, uh, most screening is done on Thursday afternoon or Thursday evening, and uh, that can be done by a dentist or a hygienist. So, you know, either one is capable of doing that. Our staff will be there to do the x-rays and take care of that. But uh, when that hygienist or dentist writes down what they think that patient needs, it's actually up to the dentist who sees the patient to determine what he's gonna do. Uh, you know, and we've had dentists who say, no, we just need to go ahead and pull that tooth, not fill it. You know, and so that becomes discussion for him and the patient, uh, and we don't try to dictate, you know, what the dentist is going to do. That's he's the one that's in practice, and he's the one in charge at that point. Okay. And uh, so, but if you're going to do screening on Thursday evening, then we would suggest that on Monday you have a telephone number that you've advertised for people to call and get their appointments probably needs to be one or two people who are answering those phone calls and setting up the screening appointments. <clears throat> You'll have a sheet uh, basically with uh, three people about every 15 minutes uh, to fill out. If we're going to treat 50 patients, then we're going to want to screen about 60 patients. Okay? Screen more than you're going to plan on treating because some of them, uh, their blood pressure is going to be so out of whack we can't do them or you know so on and so forth but that person who's taking the phone calls to make those appointments has a series of questions they're supposed to ask 
and we need them to have a separate sheet for every person who's calling. Put I encourage them to put that person's name on there, their telephone number they can most easily be reached at, and uh, then answer all the questions. If they tell you they're taking blood thinner, tell them, and they say, well, should I stop taking it? Your answer is no. Contact your doctor and determine if you need to cut back on your blood thinner. If they're taking any kind of heart medication or they've had a, uh, they have an artificial joint, they need to check with their doctor and see if they need to do something special before they come. Sometimes the doctor will want them to be on an antibiotic before they have dental treatment. So, but we don't tell them yay or nay on those things. We say check with your doctor okay. on that. And uh, we want whoever's doing the screening on the phone uh, to write those things down on the paper and you know say that they told the person to contact their doctor you know because uh, and if they're on blood pressure medicine <coughs> one of the things that person on the phone has got to say is take your blood pressure medicine just like normal because if you get here and your blood pressure is too high we're, we can't treat you you know uh, inevitably we're we we send people to the urgent care or emergency room because their blood pressure is too high, mm -hmm. and you know uh, we actually have a form that if their blood pressure is really high, we fill out, and if they refuse to go to the doctor, we make them sign saying that we told them to go. Uh, so anyway, okay. but that's that's part of the screening process, and we would recommend not doing it earlier than Monday before Thursday. Because some folks will tell me, well, we want to go ahead and get this done. And if you do it two weeks in advance, folks have forgotten all about their appointment. So mm -hmm. doing it the week of, we found works best, and that's what we encourage you to do. And you said Thursday, did you say Thursday evening screening? Sometimes we do it in the afternoon. And some, most time it's actually probably in the evening. Probably starting about 5 o'clock okay. and going to 8 or 9. It's probably most projects. Uh, we've got one coming up. Uh, in another week or so where they're doing the screening from one to five but most of them do it in the evening okay. so uh, because one is if you're using a dentist or a hygienist <clears throat> most dental offices tend to be closed on Friday so most if you're using a dentist or again a hygienist they're probably working Thursday and want to mm -hmm. come after they get off work uh, so that means if you do it in the d earlier part of the day on Thursday, then somebody's having to take off right. work to come. Mm -hmm. And most offices <coughs> tend to close on Friday, and you know, obviously they're not open on Saturday. So okay. that that is not true of all dental offices, but I'd say that's most of them. Okay. okay. So, all right. What question do you have at this point? Uh, here is a brochure. I've already given you a video, but this is a brochure that gives you some of that information and tells you how to contact us. Uh, you've got the video. Here's a newsletter, our latest newsletter, and it's several months old now, but it, it gives you some information about our ministry. And uh, we're desperately looking for more drivers and more what we call coordinator, unit coordinators. Uh, and in the past, uh, probably would say that our drivers are all men, but we've actually had a woman driver lately. Uh, I'm glad to have her, she's excellent. Uh, but these these are paid positions uh, for a driver, and as I was telling a guy a while ago who was asking us about that job, 
from the time they leave home till the time they get back home, it shouldn't cost them anything. We cover any expenses they have, any meals. Uh, as you know, y'all are responsible for meals while they're mm -hmm. on site, but we cover their <coughs> meals uh, while they're driving to and from. We cover their mileage, you know, so they, they should have no expenses. They're paid by the hour uh, for the hours they're working. And um, I would say on a typical uh, Thursday to Saturday project, they're probably going to make $300. So not going to make you rich, but if you're semi-retired or oh, yeah. bivocational pastor, it could be a nice little supplement. What, what kind of people for the coordinators? Like it would help if they have a, some dental background. Okay. Maybe they worked in a dental office at some point, but that's not necessary. We've got several ladies who work with us now who did not have any dental background at all. It makes it easier on them if they've been a little bit involved. Mm -hmm. A number of our employees are actually hygienists. We've got one lady who actually taught in dental school mm -hmm. who works with us. Uh, but we've got some ladies who had no dental background at all. It takes them a little bit longer to catch on. Mm -hmm. uh, a new employee, we, of course, we have to go through an interview process because they technically become employees of the Georgia Baptist Mission Board. So we have some processes there we have to do. Um, we do talk to them about their faith and urge them to, you know, want them to be willing to share their faith, mm -hmm. you know, easily. Uh, but if they do have a dental background, it makes it easier because they're more familiar with the tools. You know, if a dentist asks for a certain instrument, they know better, you know, which one he's talking about, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, so it, it makes it easier if they've got that background, but it's not necessary. The drivers, uh, we want the drivers to obviously be able to drive the unit, but they're also responsible for uh, checking patients in. They'll have to do some computer work. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's just kind of a variety of things uh, that, that they're responsible for and are doing. Uh, so we are in need of both of those. Uh, as I said a while ago, we have about 16 employees uh, and we like to keep two units out each week. So that's six employees. And uh, a lot of our employees, you know, work in hygiene offices or dental offices. So, you know, they're working regular jobs too. So mm -hmm. they take off from their regular job to do this. And, okay. uh, so, you know, uh, for instance, I've got a project coming up this week, this next week, and the lady who's supposed to be doing it, uh, her stepmother uh, is in hospice care. And so I've had to find another one of my staff members who can be on standby mm -hmm. in case she's not able to do the project. And, uh, you know, so, you know, you have things like that that come up. So, you know, you, we need more employees to be able to, to do that. I just lost uh, one driver. Uh, all of these folks, when they come on board, they go through at least three projects where they're just there as a trainee. Mm -hmm. So they're, they're able to see it. And we tell them that when you start this process, um, you know, you're, uh, you can walk away if you decide it's not for you and we can walk away at the end of the three if we feel like it's not going to work out mm -hmm. and with no hard feelings either way, you know. Uh, did have a guy who just went through the training process and he just did not feel comfortable with the mechanical part of being the driver because, mm -hmm. you know, they're kind of the person on, on site who's, <clears throat> if there's a 
mechanical problem with any of the equipment, just tries to do it. He just did not feel comfortable. He was very comfortable with the computer part of it, but not not the rest of it. So he, mm. he backed out. And uh, uh, the lady I was talking about, who's the driver, uh, she just notified me that she's going to have to drop out because she's now a full-time teacher and mm. you know there's only a, about two months that she could possibly do it but she's also uh, coaches uh, one of the teams at school and that takes mm. up her summer too so she's you know she's not going to be able to do it anymore so mm. uh, we're we're looking for drivers and coordinators who are interested it, it's a you know the days you're working are long. You know I, I try to tell folks. You know it's when you're on, when you're on site. A lot of times you're working 12 hours that day, mm -hmm. and uh, you know so it's not necessarily easy. It's enjoyable, and you know some good staff to work with. But uh, you know it's during the time you're working, it's long hours, and because uh, most projects, <clears throat> our staff have to be if the project's starting at eight o'clock in the morning. Our staff needs to be there at seven, so you know they're starting at seven o'clock right. on site and uh, and are there for an hour and a half or so after the last patient scene, getting everything set up, ready to see patients the next day. So uh, it makes for some long days, you know, in that regard. So um, as far as setting up your, what's what have you all found were the best ways to get? Um, even when you're when you're making the calls on Monday, when that where does where where does that come okay. from? You know, you as a local project determine what your target group's mm -hmm. gonna be. If it's a mobile home park like mm -hmm. that one church did, then I would just flood that mobile home park with flyers. Go door to door mm -hmm. or however you wanna do it. Uh, <clears throat> a lot of times uh, folks will go through the Department of Family and Children's Services, okay. the welfare department, uh, you know, nursing homes, hospitals, uh, you know, whatever, you know, wherever you can get the word out. And you'll be amazed at how fast the word travels. You know, when people find out there's free dental care, that word tends to go Great. pretty quickly. What we discourage you from doing is putting it on the radio or on TV because you don't want more people showing up. You know, for instance, when you tell me how many dentists are going to be there, and we figure out how many patients we can see, the times you're going to have, you know, be operational. Then we calculate how many uh, uh, screening appointments to do. So, <clears throat> if you're only going to be able to screen 80 people, you don't want 200 people showing up. And uh, you know, we we try to make sure you tell people that you have to have an appointment in advance to come for screening. Okay. Now you're going. When people see the unit sitting there and it says, you know, Baptist Mobile Health on the unit, people see that, they're going to just stop sometimes and say, what's going on? Can I get some help? You know, uh, or when people have come and left, they tell other people what they've just done. So you'll have people show up who don't have appointments. And uh, we have, well, we have, a, um, I mean, here, I guess, was my first thought, especially because it's association. Wide. Um, we have a food and clothing bank that is um, run by our association and we have different volunteers. So when those people come in, they do um, just a, 
I mean, it's, it's not really a screening, but they go, they get their information. You may have heard of Hightower. Oh, well, a lot of, lot of places okay. do that. So, you know, yeah. and that's a good way. It's through those ministries that you can also let these folks know about the dental unit okay. coming that's and seeing if they want to make an appointment. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Right. You, you know, if you've got those already and said you've already got people who are in there that you can either call or email or, you know. Okay. Give, have a flyer prepared to give to them when they're coming to that ministry. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to think where it was. I think it's in Villa Rica. I think it was Villa Rica, uh, where I actually was the driver coordinator for the unit. And we actually did it at the place where they uh, gave out the clothing and food. And that's actually where we set up the unit to treat patients. Okay. And so, yeah, so if you've got that ministry going on, that's a built-in way to be able okay. to do it. Uh, we would like, we need water access wherever we are, and if at all possible, if we can get electrical. Now, we do have a generator we can use if we, uh, if that's what we have to do, but we uh, like to do, uh, like to plug in if at all possible, because it's more uh, satisfactory <coughs> uh, in doing it. But in, uh, in the manual, it shows you the plug that we need and gives the specification oh, for okay. for an electrician to be able to do it. Okay. And you're not gonna have that already. Uh, you know, and we have a hundred foot cord, so if they can set it up on the outside of the building where we can plug in, that's great. Uh, we've actually had electricians uh, wire it straight into an electrical panel and us have to run the wire through the church to, okay. to get to it. I mean, there are a lot of ways of doing that, but. Uh, if you can do that, but you're probably, you could be easily be talking about a couple hundred dollars in cost. Mm -hmm. And, you know, church may not be able to afford that or, you know, the association may not be able to, but if possible, that makes things a lot easier on us if we can have that electrical outlet to be able to plug into. Okay. <clears throat> because even then, uh, we may have to use our generator if the power goes off, you know, uh, mm -hmm. you know, so, you know, we could still... Uh, do that, but we've also had times when the generator uh, went out on us, and so if we don't have the backup of one or the other, where we can be in trouble. So, okay. Um, okay. What other questions do you have? <laughs> it's, it's a lot. lot. Well, it's a and, lot. and I'll tell you because um, certain things, you know, it gets my going and then other things are just overwhelming and scary and see the dentist to me is a scary I've had root canals and all that stuff so I'm immediately like, oh, why am I going in here but I'm going on behalf of the ladies who are not here I mean so I, I know that they would have tons more questions but I know um, like one of our um, well, our music minister um, I, I guess that would be the other thing I'm curious about because she is a I don't know, then she's got some name, like administrator at her place, but I know for a fact that her dentist is not a Christian. So that was well, that was the first one on my list because I know she would hit him up for it. Um, is there a good way that you all have found, other than I guess by just who people, who knows who, well, are finding you know, those, when those? You, when you put together your committee, virtually everybody on your committee goes to a dentist. Right, okay. So hitting up their own dentist, uh, one thing that the dentist, I don't know if I said this or not, the dentist can get continuing education units wow. that he needs or she needs for their license every wow. two years. Okay. And so if they're volunteering, they get continuing education units. We have an agreement with the State Board of Dentistry and the um, 
state medical board, so nurses can get continuing education units, dentists can, hygienists can, you know, all of those, and that's that's important to them because they've got to have that. Okay. And so they like that. So that's a good <coughs> good way to make sure the dentist knows that, okay. that, that he is getting that. And if you're going to use the Georgia Healthcare Volunteer Act, which I would definitely encourage you to do, then let the dentist know up front that he's being covered under the state of Georgia. Uh, I'll, I t and the dentists probably are familiar with that minister, that program, but if they're not, I always tell people that's like the Good Samaritan Law. Okay. You know, is the way for the average layperson to understand what you're talking about there. And uh, but I would definitely, you know, those two things I would make sure the dentist knew that you were going to do the Georgia Healthcare Volunteer Act, which covers him insurance-wise, and uh, that uh, he can get continuing education. Okay. Uh, both of those are important to him because we're dealing with a dentist right now on one of our projects. I've never. This is the first time I've heard this, but his dental insurance that he has through his practice will not cover him on a mobile unit for pulling teeth. It will cover him for filling cavities, but not for pulling teeth. And I've never heard that before, but that's, that's a new one on me. Hmm. But he's, so we will have to restrict him because they did not get the Georgia Healthcare Volunteer Act soon enough to get them to be covered there. So yeah. we'll have to restrict him to only filling teeth. Okay. I actually have more dentists saying the opposite to where all they want to do is pull teeth. Uh, I have a number of projects I'll have dentists who say they only want to pull teeth, they don't want to fill teeth. Filling teeth takes longer than pulling teeth. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the dentists just want to, to pull teeth. And keep going now. So, you know, so, so when you recruit dentists, <clears throat> if he has a reservation about one or the other, then, you know, we need to make sure we know that so that when we're filling out the appointment sheets, if they're only pulling teeth, then obviously the only ones we need to give to them are ones that have oh. to have teeth pulled. Right. Yeah, true. <laughs> so, you know, when you, if a dentist gives you a, a, something like that, we need to know that in advance mm -hmm. so that we can put that on there and make sure that the people making the appointments know that. So. Okay. Uh, you know, we have a uh, we do projects, uh, well, one project over near Augusta, uh, we use a lot of dental students from the dental college oh, sure. come over and oh. uh, had a project where uh, one of our main dentists, or the main dentist there, is actually an adjunct professor at the dental school and he'll bring over eight or ten dental students to, to work the unit. <clears throat> and one of the, one of the young men told me one day he was so excited and one day he had pulled like 22 teeth on a number of different patients. And he said, that's more teeth than I pulled in four years of dental school. Mm. So he was excited to get, to get the experience, you know. Oh, wow. But, you know, but the, again, there has to be an adjunct professor or a dental professor there because <coughs> they have to check the, all their work. Mm -hmm. so. Do you have a list of, um, I mean, have you ever been in the Forsyth County area? I mean, is this something y'all, I mean, not I'm sure question. we have been, I can't remember okay. right offhand. So you don't have any like, already set up in that area because I mean, there might be something going on I don't even know about. I mean, I should know, uh, but I don't what are, what, Give me some of the names of some of the other towns. In, um, in well, it's Forsyth County, so there is, um, I wish I had my little map with me and I don't. Uh, 
Um, Sometimes I don't remember oh, the names of towns. Uh, it's um, uh, well, coming, coming, is coming yeah. there. Um, Dawsonville is in our area. Um, see, our, our association cuts across about three or four different counties, so it's weird. Um, uh, is Tate nearby? Is Tate up in that area, or is it? It's further out. It's further out. Okay. Lafayette. <coughs> mm-mm. No. I guess I'm just trying to to make sure if yeah. we start going this I direction or not. I don't remember. I, right offhand, I would say we've not had anything there in the last couple of years. Okay. All right. Well, that's good. Uh, okay. Uh, I'm trying to look down the list here to see. I don't want to step on toes if somebody's trying to. Uh, I know Rossville's further north. All right. Uh, no tigers over in East Georgia. Uh, Fayetteville is. Uh, not there. Mm -mm. Uh, no, I don't have anything. Gainesville. Who? Gainesville. We've not done anything in Gainesville in a while. Okay, I know the <coughs> other thing I was going to ask for. I forget because I didn't write it down. Uh, um, we did have a large Hispanic population, and I know with things the way they are now. That's fine. There's not a. I mean, we do a lot of projects with Hispanics, but I, there's not one up in that county. Okay, and so and as far as like. I don't know how to say Well, that. we have forms in Spanish right. to help them do it. But like and if they're illegal, I mean, that's We don't, we that's don't ask that question. Okay. That's we don't I'm, ask that question. Well, I didn't now, figure you probably Now, there'll would, be paperwork they'll have to fill out. Return into the state. But, yeah. you know, but, you know, they're, um, and sometimes that'll scare some of them away. Okay. But, we, you know, we don't ask the question. Okay. And, you know, we're, you know, we're not involved in that. Well, that's how I am. If they come to, yeah. to, to if yeah. they're wanting to bring their kids on and they're willing to sign the paper, letting them get on the little bus, I'm not. That's yeah. between them. Now, now we only treat adults. Right, right, right. Right. But see, I'm um, thinking even with that because I know that. Yeah. Because the kids are on the peach care, or whatever. Yeah. But I bet the mamas yeah. and daddies of these kids probably probably need help. Yeah. Right. And they do. You know, that's. Uh, you know, we. Uh, you know, we encourage you to have somebody who can translate for them. <clears throat> but generally we found that one or the other either the one of the spouses can generally speak English well enough to translate and I've even seen them bring their children we don't encourage children to go on board the unit and <clears throat> we don't allow them to basically but sometimes we'll have a child have to go on to translate you know for a person is that something um, now I'm just spinning here because I have your full attention but um, would it be something like say our church could provide to watch their kids in another area while the parents come if they don't have anybody else to watch them? I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Just you know, that's something you would need to decide. Uh, what we would say is that whoever is with the children, the church or association would have to have a child protection policy right, in right. place and everybody associated with okay. children would have to be, you know, under that policy. Okay. All right. uh, we don't encourage a lot of that, but you know, I don't have a problem with it. You know, it's, uh, <clears throat> you know, that's could be a great ministry and a great way to reach out to that family too. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, our our immediate goal is for everybody to be out of pain. Mm -hmm. But overall, what we really want is for everybody to have a chance to meet Christ. Absolutely. And uh, you know, that's a high priority to us. That, that's what we're after. So whatever we can do to 
make that happen. You know, I, we encourage because they are sitting there waiting some uh, to show a Jesus video, to show a movie that's a Christian movie. You know, you don't know at what point you know the seeds going to be sown, and you don't know that patient may sit there for an hour. Uh, hopefully not, but the, you know it could happen, and uh, you know because we do want patients there earlier than their appointment time because we don't want the dentist to finish up and then nobody be there to, for the dentist to be able to see right away. Mm -hmm. So um, Maximize his volunteer yeah, time. Yeah, or maximize hers. it completely. Yeah. You know. Okay. Uh, basically, you have three dental chairs. So if you have three dentists, then obviously that's going to fill up all three chairs. But if you only have two dentists, they can still work out of all three chairs. They do that in their office. Mm -hmm. Probably most dentists probably work out of three chairs or more at their office. So, you know, uh, two dentists can work out of all three chairs. Uh, I've even seen projects where we only had one dentist and uh, put people in all three chairs. Uh, obviously, if you, only, if you have the less dentist, then we're going to have to adjust the number of patients we're trying mm -hmm. to put in there. But, you know, uh, I've, I've had people say, well, I can only get one dentist for the morning time. Well, you know, that can still work. You're just not going to be able to see quite as many patients, but, you know, it's not, it's not a complete loss. Mm -hmm. uh, most folks, you know, think since we have three dental chairs that they've got to have three dentists. And, yeah, that may be ideal, but, you know, two dentists can easily handle all okay. three chairs. So, you know, uh, the key is, is you know, how long does the dentist want to work? Most dentists are going to work morning or afternoon. Uh, and a lot of times on Saturday, if we're stopping at 2, they may work the whole day on Saturday. Uh, you know, it's kind of hard to bring a dentist in just for 1 to 2. Mm -hmm. okay. <laughs> you know, so basically on Saturday, a lot of times the dentist will work all day. But... Uh, So one of the things when you're looking at possible dates, uh, you know, stay away from uh, spring break or fall break or major school mm -hmm. holidays. Uh, <clears throat> we have two weeks a year that we just don't even try because it's major dental convention mm -hmm. conventions or they're called the Hinmans, mm -hmm. and we don't even. We just stay once we find out when those weeks are. We just mark them off our calendar and don't do it. Smart. We don't do it Mother's Day weekend or holidays. Okay. You know because you know you're just not gonna be able to get dentist at those times. Okay. So, uh, so be aware of local events that would hurt. Mm -hmm. You know. The, the big fair in town or whatever. Yeah. Because yep. I know local so. events. Okay. 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 You've got all my, well, everything I can think of, it's a, it's a lot to take in, well, but you're very good. Well, you've got the video, you've got our brochure, you've got the okay. newsletter. Uh, you can go online and download all of this okay. information. Uh, I'm actually trying to go through and make that shorter. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. But, uh, you know, we're, but that gives you basic information. And if y'all decide you want to do it, uh, you know, let me know uh, with possible dates that you want, or I can come up and sit down just like we did 
with your whole committee mm -hmm. and go through okay. all of this and answer any questions they have, um, you know, so that we can give them everything they need. Okay. So. Well, very good. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. I don't know if I can think of anything else. I'm, I'm interested once I take this back to see what, because um, a lot of our, I mean, I'm sure you're familiar with WMUs. I mean, oh, yeah. And a lot oh, yeah. of those are, um, it's hard as a younger person to get new ladies involved and stuff like that. So they're, they're more mission-minded. They don't want to sit in a meeting and talk yeah. for an hour and a half. Well, what I say don't. is a lot of the younger ones, they're wanting to do something do, and yes. not talk about it. Absolutely. And, and this is definitely something they can do. do. Yes. Uh, and and I would I would dare say if I don't have any churches in your association, but I would dare say you have enough people who are coming or members of your churches to fill up our entire schedule who need this help. You know, you really wouldn't even have to go outside the walls of your church. That's now true. I would encourage you to go outside the walls of the church because you want it to be a outreach ministry mm -hmm. but you probably have enough folks in the, in your churches who need this without even going beyond that well that's true uh, you know it's uh, you know and sometimes some places we go back every year some churches want to do it every other year <clears throat> but you know if you have a pattern you want to do I would guarantee you that you know you're going to not have trouble finding all the patients you need okay that, that's not an issue. Okay. Uh, there are plenty of people around uh, who don't have the dental care they need. And, um, you know, the, hard, the hardest part is getting the first dentist to agree to do it. Okay. And once you get that first dentist, then he or she will know other like-minded dentists that they can refer you to, and they may even be able to help recruit them. Okay. Most of a lot of our projects, I won't say most, but a lot of our projects, uh, <clears throat> they actually use a dentist to do the recruiting of the other dentist. Hmm. Uh, in fact, where I live, uh, which is Centennial Association, uh, the re the person who recruits all the dentists there is is my dentist. Hmm. Uh, so he actually, that's his responsibility every year is to recruit all the dentists and sign them up. So, you know, so once you get the one, first dentist and get them on board, then, then that could be your key to uh, doing it. And then I would even, uh, if you don't do it that first year, after that first year, ask one of those dentists who's been key and really interested in it to be in charge of recruiting dentists the next year. Okay. You know, I mean, it's easier for them to do it. Yeah, they all are. They know each other. Play golf together or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, they know each other. They know... Uh, who is most likely to be willing to do that kind of thing? So, okay. You know, uh, and one other thing I, I did remember um, on the, I mean, not to do the first time because you said stick to the basics on the first time, but you mentioned about the um, the mobile health. Uh, no, what's the, the other one that you said? Well, you some of them do medical screening. Medical screening, okay. You know, and uh, generally you're going to bring in a doctor or somebody from mm -hmm. local to do that. The hesitation that we have as a ministry on doing that is, is if we uncover a need dental wise one of those dentists who's there can usually handle it mm -hmm. you know if there's a something that's going on that needs more things and a lot of times those dentists will just take them to their office and do it later if you uncover a need 
you've got to have some means of doing something about that. Okay. And so when you start doing medical and you uncover needs, then it's not as easy to, to handle it. To find a cardiologist yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And well, and so, I, um, I was, um, I'm on the Relay for Life team for our county too, um, and one of our other event leaders works for Northside, Forsyth, and he said, um, I really want to get our, I want to get our, um, it's sort of similar to this, I think. I want to get that out there, and I want you know, I want, let us bring it to you, and all this stuff. I'm like, oh, I mean, my, yeah. my first thing is just this. Yeah. Thing. If, a, if a hospital is willing to get behind it and do it, that's they then, can set up the right and they can, with it. They can do it much better than you can do it or mm -hmm. we can do it. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, so if a hospital is willing to get behind, when we do the migrant camps down in South Georgia, mm -hmm. Emory University sends down. Uh, probably a hundred people who are PAs, doctors, and all to work with the migrant workers. Okay. I mean, so they have a vast army of folks who are helping well, with yeah. all of that. And so, you know, if you work with a local hospital, mm -hmm. then then they can give the back that you need. It's harder for just a physician mm -hmm. to come and do that and do the medical screening but you know if they do medical screening from the if the hospital has a mobile unit or has a mobile lab they can do a lot of that kind of stuff uh, then they have the resources the background to handle something if it shows up whereas it's it's we we don't have that capability so okay. you know no we have uh, blood pressure cups and all that kind of stuff we have stuff where we can uh, you know do blood tests for mm -hmm. uh, diabetes and all of that. We have all of that on the unit, so we or can. or something. I'm yeah. not gonna make sure they're not on the. I mean. Oh yeah, we yeah, have okay. we have EpiPen. We you know we yeah. have okay. things on there. You know, but you know, uh, so we can help with some of that. But you know, if the hospital is going to resource it, they're going to be in a much better position to do that than, than we can. So okay. If they're willing to come from from the hospital. In some places it's a health department mm -hmm. that wants to partner with us. And so when you have the health department or the hospital, then I feel more comfortable with it because it's not just a nurse and a doctor coming over out of private practice to do it. And right. you uncover something, you don't have the resources to, to do mm -hmm. it. And you know, we, we have to be mindful of the fact that we need to be able to do something if we uncover right. something. Right. So. Okay. That that makes sense. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so yeah, so if if the Northside Hospital is willing to get behind it, I'd go for it. You know, I don't, I wouldn't be afraid of that. That's know. the thing, and I think even with this, which I know, <laughs> I know, I know, God will provide. And but I, <clears throat> excuse me, I already feel like I beg for volunteers everywhere I go. You know, and yeah. and like I'm one of those. I walk in, I'm like, oh sure, yeah, let me sign up for that. <laughs> but there are a lot of people who are like, well, no, that'd be a good thing to do. Okay, well, where, where do you, where do you yeah. want to sign up? And they're like, uh, that's probably not for me. And yeah. well, you, know, <laughs> so. uh, I, you know, again, I found, like I said about the dentist, I found a lot of folks who volunteer at one of these projects, you know, next time around, they're ready they're to ready do it again. again. Awesome, know, that's because awesome. Because it's uh, <clears throat> very heartwarming. Most of the patients that come through are so genuinely thankful, thankful. for what they've gotten. And, uh, you know, it, it's a good, good all-around experience. 
So, Good. you know, so that's, uh, you know, I mean, you know, for instance, in Centennial Association, I was telling you about, they do it in a different county every, every year. Uh, so you would think that every year they're having to get all new volunteers, but basically there are some folks who, no matter which county it's in, they want to be involved in it and come, oh. over, and come over and help because they oh, just enjoy great. it that much. So, you know. Uh, you well, know. and I mean, just like what I keep hearing about all these things I've been to, God gives you gifts. Whatever those gifts are, use them for His glory. It don't matter what they are, but if you're using them for Him, you're on the right path. Yeah. So... <laughs> If it's pulling teeth, then by goodness, you pull them teeth. You well, know. well, see so to me, this awesome. is why this <clears throat> works better to be an associational project rather than an individual church project, because then you've got a much broader base mm -hmm. which you're pulling help from. Uh, if you can get your associational missionary involved, <clears throat> get a couple of pastors to be involved on your organizing committee, uh, you know, get people from three or four different churches to be involved. Then all of a sudden you 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 broaden your base mm -hmm. and you have a lot more access to those volunteers to do it. How large of a committee is that usually? I would say most committees that I meet with are eight to ten people. Okay, let me write that down just as a ballpark. Okay. Okay. Now I went to one church where I was expecting to meet with five or six people. And they had the whole congregation there. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you knew you had their support. <laughs> yeah. so, it's hard to get a lot done with, so, yeah. in a committee yeah. with that many people. So, yeah. but, uh, That's awesome. Okay. So, does that help some? It helps tremendously. I see, and this may have, I wouldn't have been able to ask questions like I, I was right. able to if you had had a packed house. I, I've I learned have, a long time ago, if one person shows up, that just means that we can get a lot more done. That, well, that is true. <laughs> with, and with a larger group. That you know. is true. So I, it doesn't, uh, the first Sunday school conference I ever taught, I was in Kentucky, I was in seminary in Kentucky, mm -hmm. and I prepared and prepared, and I had plans for eight or ten people being there, mm -hmm. and it was one guy who had never taught Sunday school in his life, <laughs> and so we sat down one-on-one -on -one uh, for about five hours. Wow. And it was great for him mm -hmm. because we planned, I think, three months worth of uh, Sunday school lessons for him. That's awesome. So you yeah. do that as well? Yeah, or? I did. I, I still do it some, yeah. yeah. I was a minister of education for a number of years, and I was associational missionary for 20 years. And oh, great. Okay. been a state missionary for 12 years now. Wow. So, Very good. So, so um, I've been doing this a while. Yes, you sure have. <laughs> Well, that's one so. thing. We, I mean, we had this was like a, this was the second time we've ever been to go to Georgia. Well, I've never even heard about it. I don't know how long it's been going on. But so last year we was a few of us, and then we came. We went back, and we were just bouncing all over the place, and we're like, y'all gotta go back next year. You're going back, and we just kept hounding people. So we were, uh, I think we've got eleven of us here, which was huge, wow. including our pastor and his wife, because they didn't come last year. But then. Um, Right off the bat, I mean, of course, me, I'm always, you know, but I'm not, I had, I put it out in every newsletter for our, for the WMU Association. I put, I made a big spill about it at our um, uh, associational meeting, and I'm not, you know, this is a resource that, you know, 
it's here. Just go. Just just go one time and see if you don't learn I mean, something. Well, there's over and I don't get it. I don't over two hundred classes being taught. Yes. And, you know, there's <laughs> there's, there's bound to be something that you're interested Absolutely. in and want to see. You know. So I don't so, know because yeah. one of the things is our Sunday school. I'm like, I don't. We're. I mean, to our, we don't have a huge church, but we've always had a very well attended Sunday school. And here lately, it is. I mean. It's just tough that people don't want to make that extra effort yeah. to come out there that morning, and I'm like, I want, I want to just light those, you know, light, get the director all excited and stuff. And yeah. I was really hoping she was going to get to come, but she did, she so, wasn't able to. Uh, so, well, next year, next we may year, get her there. next year, yeah. <laughs> uh, so you got next year, and actually we're doing it again next week, but it's over in Statesboro, right. so it'll be mm -hmm. kind of a long way to go. But next year we're just doing it once, I think. Every other year, the, they do two of them on two different sides of the state, and then one, one. Then the other year, they just do one. Okay. It's bigger, so. What? Um, how long have? I mean, do you know how long they've been doing these? I'd say at least four or five years. Okay. I'm, I'm not totally sure. I know this is the third one I've been involved in. Okay. So. And that, that was the other thing with the WMU, the spring event. Now I've been in the WMU. I don't know for however long, and I'm thinking. Not once has anybody ever said, why don't you go to the spring event? And like, I'm getting on the newsletters, I'm all this stuff. And I'm like, ladies, do y'all know this is going on? Well, I've never heard nothing about that. That's what they said. And I'm like, okay, well now you know, so let's go. I've got a bus, I can even drive the bus, let's go. Yeah. But anyway, I think yeah. next year it's gonna be at Stone Mountain. So maybe because it's closer, I'll be able to. Get a few of them. Get a few of them to go, I don't, we'll uh, see. That'd be great. Yes. Well, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it so much.